0: Welcome to the Connect Kindness podcast, where we connect people with organizations to inspire kindness. I'm your host, Crystal Aziz, and I'm joined by my co-host, Tim Evans. In today's episode, we interview two amazing young women from the CDE team, Mahati Kumar, the assistant project manager, and Andrea Muniz, who leads digital communications. CDE is an award-winning nonprofit organization that educates and empowers marginalized women in Mexico to lead social change and fight for inequalities they face.
1: Andrea and Mahathi share their journey that led them to joining the C-Day team. We also learn about the different initiatives that they are leading and how they're making a huge difference in Indigenous women's lives. We talk about the impact they were able to make last year, even during the pandemic, and we learn about some of their amazing goals that they have moving forward. So without further delay, this is our interview with Andrea and Mahathi of C Day.
0: Thank you so much for joining us on the Connect Kindness Podcast. Can you share with our listeners what is
2: Day? And what needs do you guys serve? Absolutely. Thank you so much for having us. We're really excited uh, to share who we are and what we do. Uh, So CIDE, which stands for Psicología y Derechos Humanos, Psychology and Human Rights, is a grassroots Mexican nonprofit working to make paradigm change with a community of local Indigenous women partners in Central Mexico. We also have a number of, of global friends that we work with. Our mission is kind of a mouthful. It's ground up experiential education that is equity-centered, human rights-based, process-oriented and relationship-driven leads to empowered women organizing to develop their communities in sustainable ways. So at its essence, we empower women to be leaders in their communities and to make the change that they see needs to be made in their communities. And we pursue our mission using a scalable process-oriented model that links adult education that's rights-based, community organizing, and micro-impact projects that are primarily economic. And the need that we feel we work to serve is based really around the reality that there is wicked inequality in the regions in which we work uh, in Mexico. There's social inequality, economic, as well as human development inequality. And Andrea will give you a little more context.
3: Yeah, thanks, Mahati. To share some context about the area in which we work, the state of Hidalgo is the sixth most marginalized state in Mexico. In the Otomitepegua region, that is CIDES target area, 60% of indigenous women haven't completed fourth grade and some 95% face discrimination and violence in home, at school, and in politics women participate only nominally in civic and economic life. They live in rural isolated areas and are not recognized as problem solvers or income generators. So in this context, there are a lot of challenges. Uh, Our work empowers indigenous women to lead change in their communities, to be the leaders and business women they are and are seen by peers as having an impactful voice in their
2: communities.
1: What is the the inspiration behind starting the organization? Where's the connection to to this specific region in Mexico?
2: Absolutely. So CIDE was started in 2007 by four Mexican women uh, to serve local rural populations around their psychological and human rights needs. You can see where the name came from. (laughs) Um, And the organization operated for about seven plus years, like most grassroots Mexican organizations, uh, securing funds from the Mexican government and having success producing regular projects. But the funding was never really consistent enough and sufficient enough for CDE to make a real sustainable impact. And as you'll learn, sustainability is the name of our game. That's central to who we are and, and what we do. So in 2014 to 2015, we conducted an appreciative inquiry of local partners uh, and internally within the organization around two main questions. How do we combat social and economic inequality in Mexico? And how do we secure and then sustain the resources we need to make this impact? And the reason we're asking local partners is because it's so key to keep it central to the communities that you're working in to understand what the need is where you are, because those communities that the need in that community might look different from the next one. So our answers to these questions led to actually a complete reorganization and a a different focus on how to build and deploy our process-oriented model, um, specifically with Indigenous uh, women partners, through a methodology that is Indigenous women to Indigenous women, where one person is able to share what they have learned and what they're doing with those around them. Um, and we've used this kind of methodology, methodology for change around local demands.
1: I think that's so important. You know, we, we talk to tons of nonprofits and we hear kind of a reoccurring theme that, you know, the nonprofits that are successful, they don't try to go into an area and change, you know, what they have or, 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 or push something weighs
0: um, on them. Exactly. They yeah. come
1: and they connect and they try to empower the community. So um, I absolutely love hearing that, 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 is, that is amazing.
2: Absolutely, it's incredibly important. And I think my personal opinion needs to be replicated much more around in Mexico and around the world. It's, it really is that, um, that element of empowering local actors is so key to the work sustaining.
0: And so your guys organization does an amazing job of empowering women, team women, you got three women talking to Tim today, so he's <laughs> this meeting feeling great. Um, but can you share with us, you know, one of your more successful programs um, or the one that you guys are most proud of? Because I know you guys do quite a bit, um, but I wanna really talk about the ones that are making the biggest impact.
3: Uh, yeah, sure. Um, on March 8th, on International Women's Day, we launched our social enterprise, guardamos Juntos, that is in- Embroidering Together which is part of our COVID-19 program. The women we work with are great artisans. They create beautiful traditional embroideries and weavings. So we designed this project because without a direct market to sell their handmade textiles during the last 13 months of the pandemic, these indigenous women partners have struggled to provide for their families. Uh, Bordamos Juntos bolsters artistas with direct personal income through an innovative marketplace with both an online shop and an Etsy shop to present and sell their traditional textile work. This first collection includes beautiful embroidered and woven woods like tapestries, table runners, bedspreads, pillow covers, blouses, and more. These all made by women from different communities in the state of Hidalgo. So through this project, women artisans earn a dignified wage of 1,000 Mexican pesos per textile in a region where a women's monthly salary ranges from 1,000 to 1,600 pesos. And 100% of net funds raised in this phase of the project are invested into training, tools, support for the sustainable development of their women-led collectives.
0: A quick question. How many... Uh, How many pieces can they submit to be online?
3: Uh, For this first collection, uh, we have 100. Uh, We already sold more than a half of this first collection, but we still have some pieces available. Uh, But yeah, it's been incredible that uh, we can support this artisan work from Hidalgo, from these communities, and take them to other parts of Mexico and other countries as well.
1: Is it possible for um, you know, Americans to purchase on the Etsy shop and it, it be shipped to America?
3: Yeah, uh, we have an Etsy shop. Uh, I can share with you the link right now. Or- Absolutely. Um, it's a long one. So it's uh, etsy.com slash shop slash Mexico Solidarity Shop.
1: We'll include it on, in our show notes too so that our listeners can go to that and visit the link.
2: Yeah. And you can see right, you can kind of see it right there. I have a, a pillowcase that was that's from Bordelamos
1: Juntos. So. Oh nice. nice. <laughs>
2: I'm
1: I'm interested uh to hear y'all's story. How did how did the two of you get involved with the organization?
2: Absolutely. Uh so I joined C in October of 2018. I was actually living in Hidalgo, the state in which CIDE works, uh, working as a Fulbright Garcia-Robles English teaching assistant, um, teaching at a polytechnic university, and I was introduced to CIDE through a woman who had been in my same Fulbright program the previous year and had worked with CIDE during her Fulbright year and was currently still working with CIDE, and she just raved about the organization and had a really impactful experience. did some investigating and I was just really drawn to the emphasis that They places on listening to local needs like we discussed earlier and empowering local actors uh, and I just I couldn't not get involved and it's really blossomed since then from Hidalgo to now I'm back in the United States and I for the past year or so have been working full-time for they remotely from the U.S. so it's been Quite the the experience. Yeah, and
3: for me, my story with CIDE started at the beginning of this year. Uh, Before joining CIDE, I had worked for two years with artisan communities in Oaxaca with a different focus. Uh, It was on artisanal design and production. But after a while, I became interested in human development, human rights, and gender equality, Uh, also like focused on indigenous communities. So I found in CIDE a great opportunity to learn about these interests and work in the benefit of indigenous women. And as a nice coincidence, uh, I'm from Mexico. um, And when I was learning about CIDE's work, I discovered a direct connection with the area where we work that it's Hidalgo, a state that I know because I grew up there and my maternal family lives there. So I pretty much know the area and, and the embroideries and all these communities. That's
0: super exciting. That's awesome. Um, how I know you guys talked about opening the Etsy shop to bring an in income to the families and stuff, but how else did you have to pivot to make an impact during COVID nineteen? Because I'm sure that was hard. Because it seems like a lot of your work is face to face. You know, like you're talking with indigenous communities too. Like how.
2: That that have to change? Absolutely. Pivot, I think, is a great word. And there are so many layers to kind of how the pandemic made what we do much more complicated and how we had to react to it. Um, So, due to the pandemic and just the reality that the current Mexican government has cut most funding uh, to nonprofits, we had to stop a lot of our fieldwork efforts starting the late fall of, of 2019. And we spent the a large majority of 2020 looking for how do we thrive and and be more resilient coming out of the pandemic, not just handle it, but really um, build and use it as um, an opportunity to, to come back stronger. And one thing we feel strongly about is not exploiting the communities in which we work uh, a term that's often called poverty porn. But as Andrea mentioned earlier, challenges are intense and the pandemic made things that much more so. And so our response was to come up with a COVID-19 program that has seven different interrelated mechanisms uh, and was developed with this larger context in mind and is really a reflection of what our local women partners and their communities need. So the the different mechanisms are, first our indigenous women field core, which is a nine person majority indigenous team of women that lead our field program. Uh, So really having the leadership be local and come from the communities. Um, Second, we opened what we call Casa Siempre Viva, which is a safe space for this indigenous women core as well as any of our other women partners to produce work in a safe space that's free from violence and political party influence. Third, we in March, we launched uh, Bordamos Juntos, which Andrea told you all about. Uh, next, we are helping a network of women-led collectives to produce their own micro-impact projects, uh, again, according to their local needs. Fifth, we develop and deliver a series of workshops for women and 20 communities on how to use local resources to strengthen food security, which was a big need that we um, were hearing from from local local partners. Uh, And sixth, we are not experts on COVID, but we do understand rural and marginalized community development. And we're producing an episodic information series about COVID-19 that's in Spanish, English, as well as indigenous languages for Hidalgo and for really the entire Republic. And lastly, our seventh mechanism is we believe strongly that storytelling is a key to autonomy building and to resource raising. And we are producing at least one short film on how the pandemic has impacted women partners in their communities in a way that Shows the reality of the situation, but a way that's also um, empowering and brings light to,
0: to to the situation. So you guys are busy, pretty much. Summarize.
1: <laughs> that's, that's what I was gonna say.
2: <laughs> a good way to sum it up. Yeah. Like, a, a,
1: a, you know, a lot of organizations they might have done one or two things. You just listed seven. That's that's pretty powerful. Um, wh- what do you think is unique about C Day compared to other organizations uh, maybe in the same area
3: yeah um we are unique in the way we work our community-led development model is process oriented based on community feedback and built to be scaled in any society where citizens are the theoretical source of public power also our value propositions distinguish our organization in addition to, to our model We have uh, five value propositions. The first one is sustainability is paramount. We empower women and their communities to find sustainable solutions to problems by building trust and promoting ownership when engaged as proactive equal partners. The second one is local needs guide our work. We believe it's important that people work to achieve their their own goals. Um, all collaborations prioritize local feedback. The third one is intentional transparency. Our organization goal is to be as transparent as possible by thoughtfully communicating to local and global partners what we do, why, to what end, and with what resources. The fourth one is creative impact. We view creative processes and expressions as essential tools for building the relationships needed to make a sustainable impact. And the last one, uh, we are multidisciplinary. See, this paradigm shifting work is accomplished uh, by people from all backgrounds with her because of the diversity among our staff, partners, and allies.
0: I love it. I love it. And now for my favorite part of the podcast, which is going to be can you guys share with us your success story? Because we find that when people talk about this part, you see the passion on why they're continuing to doing what they're doing, right? It's helping those people, bringing those smiles to people's faces. So if you guys don't mind sharing one. Absolutely.
2: So we actually have a lot of stories that we <laughs> want to share. Um, and But we feel uh, that we should let the women partners speak for themselves. And so I have a couple quotes for you from... From women partners themselves, that are from a few different things. Um, from we did an, a, an impact evaluation, so some is uh, some of these quotes are feedback from from the impact evaluation, and then we also have um, a book called Narrativas, which contains stories of indigenous women told by themselves, uh, and so some also come from those stories. So here's one said by Anawa a woman partner. The biggest challenge in my community for me and women is to participate in the village because only men participate there. Side gives us a voice. Another one, an Otomi partner states that Side is important for the community because Side teaches how to defend rights. So another Otomi partner says when speaking about the importance of Side for herself, I have felt free, more knowledge, freedom to defend myself, and it has opened my eyes.
3: And when I think about powerful and successful stories, first, of course, I think about our Bordamos Juntos initiative that we already discussed, and I think about how we've been able to incubate a network of women-lead organizations who can solve their own problems using their own unprecedented development agenda. and. I also think about our free and fair electoral processes work and the 2021 short film, Poderosa, that it's powerful uh, in English, celebrating women partners and friends running for office during the historic and complicated fall 2020 election season in Hidalgo, Mexico. In this film, uh, through different uh, conversations, elected women share their perspectives and feelings. There is a moment when we ask them when they feel powerful and a woman from uh sorry and a woman from San Bartolo to Totepec say proudly I have always had power I was born a powerful woman uh, it gives me goosebumps every time I listen to this and um, in another question um, we ask them what empowering means for them and a woman from Akazochitlán says for me Empowerment is a personal satisfaction in being a woman. And I feel empowered when I influence other women and I see them come out ahead. I see them participate and have an impact on certain roles and positions. And now for me, uh, Andrea, uh, it's a reminder of how great female power is and how we can create a great force uh, collectively.
1: Love that. I love that. Thank you for sharing the two of you and and your organization, y'all seem just very focused, very organized. And I absolutely, I absolutely love that. And, you know, for our listeners who are involved with nonprofits that maybe they don't know really where to start as far as organization, what advice would you give to them um, for their team to, to stay focused and, and collaborate and stay organized like, like your organization? Because y'all are all over the place right y'all aren't just in Hidalgo Mexico y'all are y'all are spread out so what advice would you give? I
2: think something that really drives us and guides us is we have a love based value system that is from day one when you start with see day that is usually the first thing you learn about um, our the value system and I think that really helps guide our work whether you're working directly in the field whether you're working on, social media, which of course is, is indirectly related, right? Um, so I think no matter what you're working on, that value system really helps us to keep all of us on the same page. Um, also, I would say this was one of our value propositions. We have a very interdisciplinary team, um, wait, multidisciplinary, I'm gonna re-say that. So this was one of our value propositions. We have a very multidisciplinary team And I think that helps us stay focused in that we constantly have new ways of thinking, Um, but again, that are grounded in our model and in our values. So keeping us, like I said, kind of on that same foundation, but thinking about how can we be innovative? How can we um, reinvent the wheel when necessary, but also keep the wheel spinning as it should when things work? Uh, is what I would say really, really helps us.
1: So, for our listeners who want to get involved uh, with CDEH, how do they get in touch with, with um, your organization?
3: You can know more about us and our work at cd.org. That is P S Y D E H dot org. Um, if you want to align your company with CDE, we are building our myriad ways in which your company can win while we and, lo- and local partners win. Um, If you want to learn by doing as a city collaborator, we have a unique professional volunteer program that is a great opportunity to work with a multicultural global team. You can learn more about Mexico its challenges and people and make a real needed impact with a grassroots Mexican nonprofit. Um, If you're interested in financially supporting our organization and our field COVID-19 program, you can make a donation through our website or our global giving profile. And um, to support local indigenous women artisans through our Bordamos Juntos social enterprise, you can look at our Etsy shop. That It's a long one. It's um, etsy.com shop slash Mexico Solidarity Shop.
0: Awesome, awesome. So, ladies, I just want to say thank you so much for joining us today, taking the time out here, busy, busy schedules, to just share about what you're doing and why you're doing it. Um, I hope for our listeners, there's many ways to help, right? There's not only one way. So, I hope that that inspires you to connect with this organization and just see how you can help. But, ladies, thank you again. Um, what you're doing is amazing. You probably empower women all the time, but I want to tell you guys that what you're doing is amazing, and you're powerful, and you're awesome. And um,
2: keep up all the great work. Thank thank you you. so much. It's been a real pleasure talking about um, our work. And thank you for the platform to do so. Yeah, thank you.
3: Thank you, thank you. And what are you doing? It's awesome too. And we are so glad that we we can share this with you and be part of Connect Kindness.
1: Thank you so much for listening to the Connect Kindness podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please share it on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Do. And please remember, the world is changed by your example, not by your opinion.